listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. of the harvest. Um, and one of the ways he kind of fulfills that role um, was not just by being the savior of mankind, but what's interesting is he also comes to kind of be the servant to uh, all of mankind. And so again, in order for you and I to kind of be co-workers uh, with him in the harvest, I think it is imperative that we too kind of become servants like Jesus. I mean, to me, it, it just makes sense. If we're going to be conformed more and more into the image of his son. And probably one of the greatest attributes of, of Jesus' earthly ministry was his servant heart. And so to me, it just seems to make sense that if, God is, if God's goal is to make you and I more and more like Jesus, one of the areas that God is really going to uh, expand and one of the ways that God is going to be calling us uh, into, into ministry is going to be through serving other people. Unfortunately, I think for a lot of people, even inside the church, uh, there are a lot of barriers that I think prevent us and kind of hold us back from being the kind of servant to others that Jesus was. And because of that, the Bible says in Matthew 9, 37, it makes this observation. It says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the laborers are few. Now, you know, in our culture, and I don't know that our culture is any different than previous cultures, but there's just a sense in our culture today where we are a very, very self-obsessed, self-focused, you know, self-conscious generation. I mean, the, the baby boomer generation was called the me generation because it was all about them. And so there's always kind of this sense, I think, probably in every society and maybe some more than others, where there's just this preoccupation uh, with ourselves. Second Timothy, I mean, he makes this observation in chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. He says, in the last days, it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian, for people will love only themselves and their money. Now, I'm convinced if we are to really live effective um, and godly lives in today's culture, part of that is going to entail that we overcome the desire and the temptation we are faced with to live lives where it is self-centeredness, where it is all about us. So there's really kind of what I would kind of uh, view as three very popular forms uh, or, or um, you know, modes of self-expression in our culture today. And the first of those three forms of self uh, you know, absorption, self-concern is individualism. And, and it's just kind of that attitude that says other people don't matter. I've got to do what's best for me. The, the motto seems to be kind of uh, do my own thing. The theme song is I did it my way. And again, are people in our society becoming more considerate or are they becoming you know, more brash, more rude. Um, what's the cause behind that? Well, Proverbs 18.1 says, an unfriendly man pursues selfish ends. So again, he thinks only of himself. Second expression of um, uh, mode of self-concern is secularism. 
You know, individualism says other people don't matter. Um, secularism says God doesn't matter. You know, for most people, it's not that they don't believe in God. They just think God is kind of irrelevant. Most people that live around uh, you don't deny God exists. They're just not interested in him. Um, they ignore him. They don't need God. Uh, Job 21 verse 14 says, The wicked tell God to leave them alone. They don't want to know his will for their lives. They basically kind of just say, You know, God, you stay on your side of the fence. I'll stay on my side of the fence. God, you do your thing. You leave me alone to do my thing. Don't bother me. You handle the world. I'll take care of my life. Again, Psalm 10:4 says, A wicked man in his pride thinks that God doesn't matter. Uh, the NIV translates it this way, in all of his thoughts, there's no room for God. Now, again, we can just become so full of ourselves, we can become so preoccupied with ourselves that we just don't have any room, we don't have time um, for God. Third form of uh, self-concern is narcissism. Again, it's that philosophy, I think, that is alive and well around us, which is all that matters is me. All I'm interested in are my goals, my dreams, my pursuits, my desires, my fulfillment, my happiness, my career. Nothing else matters. Everything becomes evaluated by the question, what is in it for me? How is this going to benefit me? And really, you see that attitude a lot in our society that says, I don't need others. Uh, Marilyn was just telling me about a video she saw this weekend. Well, that was kind of the whole premise of, you know, the thing was you had all these adults, one after another, saying, I don't need anybody. Is that what they were saying? I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. And then she said it's, uh, that it kind of goes from that to kind of coming to kids who say, I need you. I need you. I need you. Again, it's interesting how as kids we go from I need you to adults that says, I don't need you. I don't need anybody. And again, part of that is just, again, that narcissistic attitude or mode uh, that we find uh, in our culture. Psalm 36, 2 says, in his own eyes, he flatters himself too much to detect or to hate his own sin. So again, what are the effects of this? So we talk about, you know, here are the three modes, uh, probably the three most popular modes of self-centeredness in our culture. So what are the effects of that? Well, the effects are is it's disintegrating families and marriages. And again, the soaring divorce rate kind of confirms this. Study was done nationally called America's Search for Self-Fulfillment. Hundreds of people were interviewed in just various cities throughout the country. And one of the many things they discovered was this. Among married people that were interviewed, those most devoted to their own self-fulfillment were those having the most trouble in their marriage. It's Again, it's not by accident that during the me decade, again, divorce rates have soared to one out of every two marriages. Did you pass those out, Rory? I'm sorry. Okay, can you, can, yeah, I, I, uh, that's why I said do it after the testimony because I knew I would forget. So that's the first effect. The second effect is, is it really kind of tends to cultivate very superficial relationships. I saw Marilyn writing over there, and I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to get these outlines out. So superficial relationships. Again, you don't have time for closeness. There's, there's no opportunity really for any depth in relationships. 
Um, again, you can't, uh, you, you don't do that because you don't want that relationship to interfere with anything, with your career, with your plans, your goals. Uh, so again, the result is, is that you have a lot of very, very lonely people. The third effect uh, of this self-centeredness um, is frustration and despair. Again, if, if you put yourself at the center of the universe, if the world revolves around you, pretty soon, I just think your life will become meaningless and pointless. Self-centeredness, again, it, it ultimately really never satisfies. There's more to life than just you. And again, if you make yourself the center, if you kind of become, you know, the, the, the little God of your own world, uh, you will soon again kind of reach that point of just frustration, despair, meaninglessness. It, there's just no point to this. Um, again, you need God, but you're not God. And so there is this desire in all of us uh, to kind of want to be our own little gods. People, you get people like Shirley MacLaine, and I don't know if she's still doing this, but you know, there was a time where she was just kind of going all over the world. I think she was you know, getting paid a lot of money uh, for seminars where she would just basically go, and her primary message to people was, you are a god. Um, and again, you hear that, and you're kind of like, that's nothing new. I mean, that's just kind of warmed over paganism. I mean, you can go back to the days of Adam and Eve and hear that same claim given there. Uh, you know, the very first thing Satan told Adam and Eve was, you eat this, you'll be like God. And we've been repeating that same lie pretty much every generation. And so again, new age, I mean, it's kind of just old lies in new wrappings. And so there's nothing new about it. It's as old as mankind. It's been a problem probably in every generation. And Satan's been saying that for years. We want, our desire is to kind of be our own gods. Again, we want the world to revolve around us. It's part of our fallen nature. Um, but the fact is, when we make ourselves the center of the universe, it eventually crumbles because mo what most of us discover is you, you can't control um, much of what goes on in your own life, let alone the things that go on around you. You come to that point where you realize your need for a higher power, a greater authority to give your life value, meaning, and significance. Proverbs 28, 25 says this, selfishness, only causes, or some translations will say, only leads to trouble. And if that's true, and I think it is, what is the solution then to self-centeredness? How can I counteract the constant barrage and influence in my society where everything around me and the advertising of cultures constantly saying, think about yourself first. Put yourself first. I want to just give you three solutions to self-centeredness. Um, and again, these really kind of now begin to speak to the whole uh, concept of servanthood. First one is build strong relationships. Get interested in other people. Okay, that's what Jesus does. If you'll notice as you're reading through the Gospels, as Jesus walks upon the earth, I mean, he takes an interest in other people. So we need to do that. You know, take interest in other people. Cultivate some friendships. You need other people to give you balance in society, again, so that you're not so self-centered. This past uh, 
Friday night, we were talking uh, in our marriage uh, group, uh, and it really kind of was focusing on this. You know, when you get married, one of the first things you kind of discover is how selfish you are. You don't realize that until after you kind of get in the marriage, and marriage kind of has this way of bringing um, that to the surface, and, and you kind of begin to realize just how self-centered you were. And the reason you didn't see that before you got married was because it was all about you. I mean, I, I said I didn't get married until I was 32 years old. Um, so I was already very, very set in my ways, and I did not realize that until we got married, really how self-centered and how set um, I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's been waiting for weeks to do that. So again, it, but it is true. Um, and so again, sometimes it's just, you know, having to think about other people. Again, it, it's not, it is not a natural part um, of our, our, our being. I mean, there's, again, we're kind of dealing with, we're battling against uh, forces, you know, temptations, you know, influences of the enemy, you know, kind of coming in and, and tempting us, kind of like Adam and Eve, you know, trying to, it, it is about you. Think about yourself. They can take care of themselves. And again, you, you need to make time for relationships. Again, just for your own psychological health, your own spiritual health, again, we need other people. 1 Corinthians 11, 11 says, in God's plan, men and women need each other. Now that means to the feminist who says, I don't need women or men, and to the male chauvinist who said, I don't need women, you're both wrong. And again, when we kind of begin to care about other people, invest in other people, cultivate healthy, good relationships, it really is the fastest and best way to get your eyes off yourself. You kind of begin to say, what does this person need? What can I do for this individual? How can I serve them? It's getting your eyes off of yourself and onto somebody else. And again, one of the purposes of the church is to build relationships so that you're kind of combating, again, just that natural gravitation towards selfishness. It's called fellowship. Ephesians 2.19 says, you are a member of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Again, I love that concept, family there. I believe that one of the antidotes you need in a selfish society is a church family. And that's why the church is so important um, in culture. Everybody needs a church family. You need a place where you can belong and become what God wants you to be. None of us are lone rangers. God never intended for us to go at life alone. When we don't have relationships, when we get too busy for them, we tend again to just naturally gravitate, focus on ourselves, and begin to think, what about me? One of the best places, again, I think, to build relationships, healthy Strong relationships uh, outside of the family, uh, biological family, really is in the church. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. And again, you know, I think Jeannie kind of indirectly spoke again to that. I mean, imagine how different it would be for Julie. Imagine maybe how different Julie's attitude would be if she's surrounded 
by a family of believers that are constantly speaking the word into her, encouraging her, praying for her. A lot of probably where she's at right now is because there's probably not a lot of church family around her. Um, so again, the, the importance of that, it, it can really make a difference uh, in a person's lives and where they're at spiritually. So again, he's saying, don't give up this habit of meeting together. You know, uh, you, you need to get together with others other Christians, other believers, and not just attend. And we, and we, I talked about that on, on Sunday. You gotta participate, you gotta get involved, you gotta start using the talents, the gifts, the ability that God has given you, and just begin serving people. You need to share to belong. Accountability, again, it, it keeps us on track, and we just need to encourage um, each other. Now again, it, it's one of the reasons why I'm not a real big fan of, of um, uh, television church. By that I mean instead of attending a place of worship on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, a person just stays home and watches church uh, on the TV. And I, I just believe that that kind of cultivates, I think it reinforces a, a, a very passive uh, attitude in people. It's too easy. I mean, you get up Sunday morning, you know, in your PJs, you grab your coffee, turn on the television. There's no interaction with anyone else. I've, I talked on Sunday about, you know, even our stores today, how easy it is to go into places like Walmart, uh, Hy-Vee, and they've got these self-checkout things. I mean, I, I pretty much have it down to an art form. I can go into these stores, get what I need, and have no human interaction um, with anybody. And, and I think that same thing happens when we kind of just begin to stay home and do church uh, at home with the television. You don't have to interact with anybody. And part of the benefit of attending church is the interaction that you have with other people. Um, and, and again, not that all of it, you know, is, is always a blessing. I mean, there are times where you're challenged, I hope. Um, you know, the scripture's trying to talk about, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so again, sometimes we're challenged, um, maybe in a, in a thought or an attitude or an idea that we've got, and, and all of a sudden, you know, God is using that to kind of bring maybe conviction. God's kind of leading you to change uh, in that. And so again, it's just having those uh, interactions with other people. I think already we're kind of too passive of a society and things like that I think just contribute uh, more and more. So we need, to, we need to build strong relationships. That's the first antidote to counteract uh, the flow which says kind of live for yourself. Second solution to self-centeredness is give yourself away. Again, give yourself away through some kind of ministry, some kind of service, and I'm convinced to be uh, spiritually, emotionally healthy and balanced, everybody needs some outlet, some form of service on, on a, at least weekly basis where they voluntarily give themselves away without receiving any personal benefit uh, in return. Again, I talked about this, just the importance of this on Sunday. Again, we've got some people you know, that come to our church um, and they've been coming for years. And years, I, I didn't used to be able to say that, but now that we're you know, going on 14 years old, uh, we've got some people that have been here almost that whole time. And they just continue to come Sunday to Sunday. And beyond that, attending church services on Sunday morning, they don't do anything to contribute to the life, the well-being um, of the church. And it was, I was telling Marilyn, because she missed Sunday, um, 
it was interesting to me, all of the emails and the responses I got from people were, were people who were already very, very active in the church, feeling as if I was saying to them, you're not doing enough. And my response to all of them, you know, was pretty much, you know, you're doing this, this, this. I mean, I'm listing out, because I know these people very, very well, and I'm just listing out exactly everything that they do. I said, you're awesome, you're covered, no problem. The only people I didn't hear from were the people who really are the ones that don't do anything. And I, I'm, I mean, even if you come in here and, you know, we've got people that, that do a lot of things that, that no one would ever see or know about. We, we have people that come in, you know, and, and get the stuff for the bulletins, and they take them home, and they fold the bulletins. I mean, nobody sees that, but, but that is a huge help. You know, uh, um, I think Arlene was down like folding silverware and the napkins. So when you do Praise Cafe and you reach in and you pull out that nicely folded napkin with the silverware inside. I mean, people do that. Uh, and, and those are things that really do contribute uh, to the church. If you're standing there handing out bulletins, downstairs greeting people, if you're working even just once a month in the Praise Cafe, I mean, I consider all of that great. Um, and, you know, if you want to do more, that, that's fine. But what I'm really speaking to, again, were to people that, again, have just been here for years and just don't do anything. They just come in, participate, you know, sit in the service, leave, and, and they just do this week after week after week after week. Now, again, I know there's some people, sometimes they come in, that, you know, a couple of months, they're, they're trying to get acclimated, they're trying to get used to the church. I get all of that. Um, what I'm speaking to really is when that kind of just begins to not just be month, you know, month and a month in, it's just year in, year out, same thing. Again, God doesn't want you to spend all of that time. I mean, you have like 168 hours a week. God doesn't want you spending all of that time on yourself. Um, I think you need to find a place of service where you can say, I'm just going to give myself away today. I'm just going to try to benefit somebody else, even if it means I don't get any benefit in return. Again, it's just, you know, and it doesn't always just have to be the church. Um, uh, you know, it could be, you know, being a little league coach. Uh, it can be, you know, going and visiting people at the hospital, working at the food bank, and we've got several people that do that. I think, you know, I know Karen, you work at the Caring Pregnancy Center. Uh, again, these are all great, great forms of service, of just giving yourself away, and again, just really getting locked into uh, ministry in the church, where you're just, again, giving yourself away, serving others. Ephesians 2.10 says, now look at this. God has given us new lives from Christ Jesus, and long ago he planned that we should spend these lives in helping ourselves. No, helping others. That, that's the point. Part of, one of the reasons why you're here on this earth, one of God's purposes for you, and he planned this a long, long time ago before you were ever you know, brought into creation. God designed, he planned that you would use your life in helping others. There's so many people today who have identity crisis. You know, they're locked in depression. Who am I? Where am I going? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? It's very obvious. Again, God said long ago, I planned that you would be instrumental. And I've got plans that involve you helping other people. When I deal with people that, that, are, that are depressed, 
Do you know what, what most of the depression is about? They have become so self-focused, self-consumed. The best thing you can do to break out of that is to just say, I need to find some way to help, to benefit, to bless, to serve others. I'll guarantee you, when, when that becomes your focus, when you get your eyes off of yourself, get your eyes off of your problems, and just get your eyes on somebody else, and just commit yourself that you're gonna do something to benefit, to bless, to serve other people. I'll tell you what, you're gonna bless the person you're serving, but I'll tell you the greater blessing will come to you, and you will just begin to find that depression lifting off of you because, again, you're not just wallowing in your own self-issues. So I just encourage you, if, if you're here tonight and you struggle with depression, I'm not trying to minimize that. And, and you know, I would say before you go out and get on a bunch of medication, I, I would just simply encourage you to just try serving other people. And I think you're going to find uh, after a couple of times, you're not going to need the medication. Okay? Um, what was that? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so again, why should we care about this? Well, again, look at what Jesus did. He, he was a savior. He was also a servant. Uh, Jesus said in Mark 8, 35, he said, only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it really means to live. The world says, get all you can. Jesus says the exact opposite. Give all that you can. And in giving, he says, you'll understand what real life is all about. There's no greater fulfillment than giving your life away for the kingdom of God, for God's work, and that involves helping other people. You can write it down if you want an equation for happiness. The more helpful you are, the happier you will be. The greater the servant that you are, the greater your happiness, your sense of well-being will be. Uh, helpfulness, happiness go uh, together. So again, I just challenge, I challenge you, and I know a lot of you here tonight, I mean, I, I, can, I can, you know, start with Dave and go clear over here, and I can list all of the things that you're doing um, that, that really are a blessing and a benefit to the kingdom of God. Uh, so if you're here tonight and you kind of feel like, man, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything, I would just encourage you to kind of just ask God uh, to open some doors, that, that God would lead you to places, whether it's here in the church, outside in the community, where you can serve and give yourself away. Okay, final solution to self-centeredness is just practice self-denial. Um, again, this is not a popular word. We talk about self-denial here, taking up our cross, laying down uh, our lives. Um, Philippians 2.4 says, look out for each other's interests, not just your own. The attitude you should have is the one Christ Jesus um, had. And so... Uh, let me just leave it there. I think you've probably gotten my point here um, tonight. So let's just, let's just uh, pray, and then we're just going to go into a time of just kind of waiting um, on God tonight. Father, we just thank you that you have uh, sent your son Jesus. And Father, we thank you that he came not just as the Savior who uh, laid his life down to the point of death upon the cross. We thank you for that, Father. But we also just thank you for that aspect of his life, God, where he just modeled servanthood, where he, he just lived a, a flesh and blood example for us of what it means to give 
your life away for others. And Father, we just thank you for that beautiful example, that beautiful picture that Jesus came and lived before us. As the gospels record again, he went into these, uh, all of these places and he went to serve and to bless others. And so, Father, we just pray, Lord, that his example would be something, again, that would ignite and, and inspire our lives as well, God. That we would go and, and serve and give our lives, uh, again, for the sake of the gospel, for his name's sake, Father, because of, of what he has done for us. So, Lord, I just would ask, Lord, I, I thank you for those here tonight, God, that are, are serving, that are giving their lives away. And, God, I would just pray a blessing upon them. God, that you would just give them, again, just a measure of added strength, uh, just a, an added measure of just steadfastness in that, just continuing to, uh, to, to, to do uh, good, uh, Father. So I just pray, Lord, you'll strengthen uh, those of us here tonight um, that, that are serving you in, in, in our areas of giftedness, that are serving you in just ways that you've uh, led us, Lord. So I thank you for that. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that uh, your Holy Spirit would just, if there's anybody here tonight, and, and Lord, they're just thinking, I, I just don't really feel like I'm being used anywhere. Uh, and God, I just pray, Lord, that if that is a, just a lack of self-confidence, Lord, that you would just begin to minister to that, Lord, that they would again just feel uh, a, 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 your Holy Spirit just um, filling them, empowering them, uh, Lord, just taking uh, and, and just bringing to the surface the, their giftings uh, and abilities, God, and just leading them to begin to use that in ways to serve you and to serve others. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, continue to bring and, and to just press upon their heart that need uh, to be a servant. And so, Father, we just, uh, as we wait on you tonight, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come tonight and just uh, manifest through the uh, giftings of the Holy Spirit here tonight. Father, we just uh, acknowledge, Lord, again, that uh, your Spirit is here in us, that you desire to minister to your body tonight through those giftings. And Lord, again, it's one of the ways that we can serve the body is through our unique giftings. And so, Lord, we just want to be emboldened tonight to be obedient, to be open, to be available, to, just to be used by you tonight. And so, Lord, we just invite you to come and just move in your body, Lord, through the giftings tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.